0: You're listening to Thoughts and Theories on ORFM, where I'll delve deeper into the meanings and messages of films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Asha Alma Asri, and let's get into it. ...to another episode of Thoughts and Theories. Um, last episode was quite intense. Well, I wouldn't say intense, but it was a much more serious topic than what we would usually go for. So I thought this, this week, we could focus on something less, uh, serious, I guess you could say. Um, so today I wanted to talk about, um, less so human nature, I reckon. Um, more so the human imagination do you ever just wonder like how cool we are like okay that sounds like really um self-absorbed but do you ever just look at ourselves or our imaginations and the things that we come up with and just be in absolute awe with the things that we created from our own brains like there are multiple examples all around us Um, The creations we make, houses, TVs, tables, um, you know, game, literature, paintings, art. There's just, there's so much that we have created, or there's so much that we have um, done in our time as human beings. Not just us individually, but us as a whole, as a whole race. Um, And I just find that so fascinating. I mean, numbers technically don't exist. Math is the bane of my existence, but we were the ones who created it. You know, people say it's to make it easier, but like, I'd say it's to make your life living hell. But, <laughs> um, but like seriously, um, I just it's easy to take these things for granted, um, because uh, being born in the modern era where technology is at the tip of your fingers, it's We're we're sort of um, normalizing these leaps and bounds and research and technological advances that I don't think we, as in our, like, younger generation, I don't think we truly um, appreciate the nuances and, like, um, how long and how much we had to go through in order to reach where we are now, in a way. Um, Okay, but... But I guess that's too broad of an aspect. Um, Let's focus on literature first. Literature or film. The art of storytelling, right? Um, A lot of our stories, um, fiction that we come up with, are just it's so out of reality, so non-existent that you genuinely question the people who first came up with it how they came up with it at all like for example we came up with um magic dragons dark spells um fairies you know all these sorts of mythical creatures and i understand um that everyone's got their own like everyone sort of is inspired off of each other there's no such thing as original anymore or i mean can you even be original is there such a thing Everyone is always inspired off of each other, whether that's consciously or not. And when you make something truly original, is that something that you sought out to create? Or is it only truly original if you've done it by accident, you know? So when someone says that I've produced an original, whether that's a song or a book or a story, whatever. Is it ever completely yours, though? Surely, like the camera angles that you took was you know inspired off of your favorite director to really create that suspense feeling or maybe that trope you know the trope of um the groomy <laughs> groomy what sorry uh the grumpy uh hero um in a romantic interest with the typical damsel in despair, dis, dis- distress who is all like chipper and everything you know um no matter how original your work is there's always something that's you know it's based off of and I think the earliest form of stories and storytelling that I can think of I mean I could be wrong but from what I can think of at the top of my head would be like from I think religion myth mythology and things like that right like all these things, uh, like, for example, I know angels and demons are definitely for sure introduced within religion, right? So we um, already know that that exists, um, for the believers, anyway. And for those who don't believe in a certain faith, then they just know that that those stories are out there. And from those stories, we derive our own version of them and fiction, right? And that's where we get the fairies, the mermaids, the dragons, and literally whatever, right? And I just, I absolutely find that so fascinating, um, how we can take one thing and change it and convolute it so much to create a completely different product, but inspired off of this one thing, but it's so different at the same time. Like, our imagination knows no bounds I reckon but like for example um I I feel like I'm all over the place right now but it's just the human imagination is just such a broad topic and I'm I'm absolutely a noob in terms of literally anything I talk about so fair enough but so um I think you guys are used to my random ramblings anyway um but let's look at mythology Right, for example, right now I'm pretty obsessed with Norse myth- mythology because um, of Marvel, the Marvel franchise. So we can, like, focus on that, right? Like, the art of um, shapeshifting, you know, wielding your own magic. Um, And I know that you've all been there when you grew up, like, believing in... A certain magic and hoping that you would grow up to i don't know be the chosen one or something or like there was a secret power within you that you didn't know like the like the protagonists in the movies that we see in the our day-to-day lives right because we all we all want to be special but at the same time we don't want that responsibility of being a hero i reckon um you know like imagine that having to Having to bear the responsibility of saving the world and the people around you. Even the people that you don't like. um, Just for this sense of, I guess, superiority, I reckon. But I think that's, like, the purpose of heroes, right? I think that's why we admire them so much. We sort of project on them a little bit. Like, thinking that we can sort of be like them. Because um, heroes, they have this this sort of gravitas about them i don't know they have this uh this uh responsibility they don't give in to fury you know they have self-control yeah they have a lapse in judgment every once in a while but that's you know for um us to relate to them right but um eventually good will always prevail and it's just and, and this sounds like really bleak but it's such a it's such an oversimplification or like it's such a it's a best reflection of what reality can be but it's not what reality is always like you know good doesn't always win in real life uh life sucks uh bad things happen you got to suck it up and you got to move on and it sucks it sucks and um i think that's why we just love these heroes that are just slightly imperfect but pretty much perfect in every other way where they can bear this responsibility where they sort of justify this I guess superior power that they have you know Um, and I just think that that's really cool a little bit of it's a little sad you know a little bit of a sad reflection on our own reality but at the same time I just find that really cool how we you know came up with that we come up with these fictional tales fictional stories um, to make up for the fact that our reality is so, so mundane, you know, Um, authors, creators, or whatever, whenever we create stories, um, we put our characters through so much suffering, suffering that we necessarily, we necessarily wouldn't be able to um, put up with ourselves, but we know that other people would enjoy watching or reading (laughs) And, and that sounds really sadistic but to really see the downfall of a character and then see them come like come back up again it brings you um really close to the character in a way that is very intimate especially when this character does not exist it's fictional it's 2d you know um it brings a sense of closeness that you would never expect um and that is just such a skillful art and it's Blade, it's like honestly, I'm like in awe every time. Like, um, often us, um, the readers, the watchers, the viewers, basically, um, we want to be in the shoes of the hero or the main character without going through the suffering, um, because the end product is so cool. Like, for example, whoa, well, Barbie is. <laughs> let's go for Barbie. The stereotypical cliche and really simple storyline um barbie at the end always gets this really cool dress she gets the prince or the man and she ends up rich somehow she becomes a princess or whatever you know um and we always go when we're growing up like oh i want to be like barbie you know she she's so pretty you know she gets all these things at the end but i think we often forget about the suffering that she had to go through before getting what she wanted at the end um Like, for example, in Cinderella, like Cinderella was abused. She was treated as a slave in her own home for like pretty much her entire life, ever since her dad passed away, you know. Um, But because it was just, you know, the backstory of the character, we don't really think much on it. It's for us, it's just such a short amount of time because it is for us. It's just a background sequence. It's like five minutes at most. Um, So we think, oh, yeah, now we can handle it. And then she gets this huge gain at the end and she becomes like princess, which is crazy. Um, but it, it does reveal a little bit of our impatience. Um, and though no matter how fantastical fictional worlds can be with um, magic, princes and dragons and knights. It still holds some reflection of reality, not only um, with the villains that we come across um, in there, but also... In terms of rewards, um, because I am a very, very firm believer of um, everything happens for a reason, and um, or like I guess, uh, karma, uh, what comes, what goes, wait, what is it, what comes around, goes around, or is it what goes around, comes around? I, f- I don't, I don't know the order, I think it's what goes around, comes around, anyway. Regardless, like what you do to others that you will come back, it will come back to you, basically, um, so and obviously all these villains in these stories um get a bad end um which is so it's so satisfying it's so cathartic um to the soul (laughs) because because we know sometimes in real life um like we don't get to see um this sort of stuff happen you know um or maybe it doesn't happen at all within our lifetime or whatever you know um and we, we all hate that one person, right? There's always that one antagonist, that one villain in our lives. Whether that's that boss that you don't like, that teacher or a friend or, or I don't know, like a coworker. There's always that one person who you wish would just, you know, get a face full of chair, <laughs> really. Um, and we always get those intrusive thoughts like, oh, if only I could just punch his face in or something like that. Um, but we would never actually do it. So when we watch fictional stories and then see these villains who do all sorts of terrible things get a terrible end it's it releases this sort of tension within us um, and creates all this uh, it, it you know brings up all these negative feelings that we've been feeling about our own lives and it gives us a reason an outlet for us to export all these emo- emotions out to these unrelating char- these unrelated characters. Um, and that is literally a form of therapy, I reckon. Like, that is so cool. (laughs) Like, do you ever do this thing, um, where you're feeling really, really sad, um, and you, you just, you, you know why or you don't know why, it doesn't matter, but you're feeling really sad, but you can't, you can't get rid of it. You know, when you cry, there's a certain relief of it because there's an outlet and you're getting rid of it, but you can't cry. Like, you're sad, you're so sad, but not sad enough to have your eyes wet, you know, not enough to get you over the edge, like, you're just, you're just brimming, like, you're just, like, your cup is full of angst and all this sadness, but, like, no matter how much you seem to fill that cup, it just won't spill over the edge, there's no satisfaction, and then, um, what I do when I, you know, feel like that is I pick up a book or I watch a movie that I know is really sad or whatever. And then like through the misfortunes of the main character of someone else's life, I feel devastated on behalf of them with that, I guess, crutch with that aid, I am able to cry, but at the same time, I'm not able to cry. I'm not about, I'm not crying about myself. I'm all, I can like sort of excuse it as, um, crying for the other character. You know what I mean? Am I the only one who does that? Surely not. Surely other people do this too. Either that or I need to bring this up with my therapist. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um but like I, I I definitely know that other people do this. And it's just it's really fun sometimes. Like and I know all of you have done it. Like when you're in the shower, when you're not like when you're not even Acting, Uh no. When you're not even feeling sad yourself, but when in, when you're in the shower, you're sort of in your zone. You're in your zen, right? Um, and as a kid, you would you would pretend that you're like. Um, a water bender from the avatars or something and you would pretend that as um you're like wolverine with water claws or something that's going down your elbows through your fingertips um and it's just you would splash around pretend you're having some sort of water battle um or maybe you would be in the shower pretend you're in like an interview or you're like getting a Nobel prize and <laughs> and like you're pretending to cry or something like that or like you're acting like this super cool scene all these things we do we create out of just our imaginations like i said obviously inspired off of actual films actual interviews um and things like that but we we create our own deviations to it right our own versions and suit it specifically where we're the main characters you know and um it's just i can't imagine a reality where this sort of entertainment this sort of thinking is not accessible to us? Like, what if there was a world where there was just no such thing as the theoretical, you know? There's no such thing as curiosity and wondering and uh, the fiction. Just what happens, happens. Facts, you know? Like, two plus two is four. You know, I need to get a job and I gotta get married, repopulate or whatever. You know how boring and Terrible that life sounds. Right now, we're, our lives are so are so much more rich with these pieces of fiction scattered about in our lives, and it impacts us like a lot more than you think. Um, I mean, like we know for sure it impacts us, but if you really, really think about it, it it does um make a huge difference. Like maybe because you saw um the male lead in this one oh like for example maybe you saw Ryan Gosling in a film and was like uh huh, yep. That that is the man. That is the standard. Like that is the sort of man I want in my life. Or maybe you saw Gomez Adams from the Adams family and just thought like the way he treated Morticia and was like, Yes, that is the standard. I want a man who will treat me like I hung the stars, you know. Um, We were sort of influenced by these little things. And even if we don't take it too seriously, it's kept in mind, you know. And once it's in your mind, you have a preference now. A preference where it didn't exist before. So while it didn't... um, While it won't make... um, While it's not a deal breaker, at the same time, it will influence your decisions on the people that you will hang out with in the future, you know. Um, And I just... Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm so amazed. Like Harry Potter, for example, uh the boy who lived, um, orphaned, grew up in a, an abusive home, and then goes off like gets shipped off to a wizarding boarding school. Like how fantastical can you get? The like the whole craft of magic wands, right? It's it's literally just a stick, right? Someone, whoever thought up of wizards first, I don't, I don't know, but like someone picked up a stick, just a random old stick on the sidewalk or on the dirt. They picked up a stick and just thought, huh, you know what? Avada Kadoran. <laughs> they just picked up a an stick and thought, you know what? This is, this stick is very magical. What could I do with this tiny looking stick? A bird would use it to make a nest or something beaver would, uh, use it to make, uh, a dam or whatever, but what could I use this for? Right, magic, like, can you, obviously there's, like, more steps to it than that, like, he doesn't, uh, whoever created this doesn't just go from stick to, ooh, a wizard, you know, obviously there are the little steps to it before they eventually come into, like, a huge umbrella term, but, you know, like, the, those steps, just, just, it was just the creativity, the curiosity, the oddness of one person that influenced an entire generation, right? Like, um, that person was talking about, like, wizards and stuff or magicry and then I guess witchcraft or whatever, and then the Salem witch trials, which was terrible, but then after that, someone decided to humor the whole witch thing, and then, um, created fictional stories about it. First, it started off as horror stories, and obviously, I don't know if, I don't think this is accurate, this is just me pulling up conjectures, this is my own logical reasoning, I could be very wrong, I, uh, I would be, I would not be surprised if I was, so just, what i say with a grain of salt um yeah so they create fictional stories i guess to warn children about it so first it's like scary stories but then it becomes something cool because like i mean the thought of magic you know the thought of being able to evade death at the um at burning at the stake you know and then people are like you know that's that's a pretty op power that's that's pretty cool i kind of want that to happen and then more variations happen, and then, like, this negativity is slowly, like, washed out, and then this, this pure white ball of, um, of an idea is formed, and then J.K. Rowling, the person who wrote, uh, Harry Potter, just saw that, took that, and was like, I'm about to make an entire generation, (laughs) you know, like, her work really did influence, like, an entire generation. It's one of the key key forms of literature out there. Like, modern literature, anyway. Not not those, like, classical ones. But just the ones that you read for fun. So one of the biggest franchises, if I'm not wrong. Uh, there's Harry Potter. Uh, Lord of the Rings, I think. Those are the two major ones that I can think at the top of my head. Um, yeah, and both of them what what what's the pattern ah yes they're fictional um but not just any fictional where you know um someone meets a mr darcy you know it's not that sort of fictional it's um it's a fictional beyond our imaginations and oh man i don't know i'm just i'm so amazed i am so amazed like at the creativity of people and it just baffles me and amazes me at every single turn oh god, I don't know, I don't know, I have to, I have to, um, rein myself in for a little bit, so, um, enjoy this, uh, little break, um, I'll try and see if I can find, like, a fantastic, uh, like, some sort of song that really brings you into the, um, uh, storytelling mood, or, like, something dramatic, or, I don't know, something movie-esque, <laughs> all right, so, um, I'll see you guys in a bit. Feet don't fail
1: me now Take
0: those of you who are wondering that was uh born to die by lana del rey uh and for those of you who don't know who lana del rey is um I, i i don't know her too well but i just recognize her voice from a lot of uh movies i think they they choose they 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 tend to hire her a lot for like these um osds and you know background music and stuff for films i mean like can you blame them like you just heard her voice right it's just just it's so dramatic it really it really fits the movie mystical drama vibe you know um but speaking of drama i feel like i've been focusing too much on i guess romance or did I? I don't know. I feel like I have been focusing a little bit too much on romance or at least on Barbie. I think I spent quite a significant chunk on that. <laughs> so um, I'll try and um, look at a different film. Oh and speaking of um, Harry Potter by the way I have yet to see it but I know enough about it. I've read enough fics and um, I've watched enough reviews and I've heard you know everyone else's opinion on it and I might I might I might do an episode on that in the future. Um, but you guys know enough about it, so I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably just talk about, like, um, the what-ifs, um, like, what if Harry Potter wasn't the boy who lived, like, how would he change if, uh, James and Lily Potter did survive, um, or, like, what if Hermione Granger wasn't a muggle-born, or what if Tom Riddle wasn't actually evil, (laughs) I don't know, um, I just think that would be pretty fun, but, um, I don't know, I want to know what you guys think, so if you do want it, like, let me know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I got off track. Uh, I think another one I wanted to talk about is Inception. For those of you who don't know, Inception is about, uh, it's about dreamwalking, I think. Uh, wait, no, I, I haven't actually seen that film in quite a while. Just, so, uh, wait, no, hold on. Let me, let me think about this. So, Leo DeCamp is in this film. Um, I don't know who the other actors are, but it's, uh, basically about going, it's, like, about hypnotism And, you know, conning people as per usual. Um, But, uh, like, finding out people's secrets through dreams, right? Though You'll be able to control people's dreams and draw out these subconscious truths about them, right? And the whole concept is the deeper... Because, like, there's lots of layers of the dream. Like, the deeper you go in the dream, the faster time goes by in the dream. But in real life is different. If you know what I mean? Uh, For example, uh, the deepest layer you can get... I don't know how many layers there is, but let's say there's seven. Let's say you get to the lowest layer and it's at seven, right? You've been in this layer for 50 years, let's say. But in real life, um, probably two minutes has passed. But on layer one, it's probably same, like this minute by minute, you know? But probably layer five, uh, you know, uh, 20 years has passed and like i don't know 20 minutes have passed in real life um so it's really dangerous and you can easily lose yourself into one subconscious um but i think it's really cool because this one is less fantasy fantasy more of psychological fantasy i think um obviously i don't think this obviously this isn't possible yet no i'm kidding um i don't know if this is i don't know i don't know things like this you never know but um i'm pretty sure it's not possible at the moment anyway i mean trusting us we would probably figure something out something similar to this um but just that whole idea of um like what if you can peer into the minds of others and then question question how they work uh and then You know, you really be able to find out, like, someone's deepest desires, their deepest secrets, and also control the outcomes of that dream. You know? Like, that's just terrifying. Because dreams are, like, the most intimate part of you, you know? And if, judging from how Inception works, um, if you can really draw out people's inner secrets, that is, like, obviously the most vulnerable uh, place you can be in. Right, and just imagine that to be able to have that power, um, to know people's darker secrets. I mean, that's that is actually genuinely terrifying. I mean, like, I know I, as sure as hell, would not want anyone be poking around in my mind. Not. Not because, like, I'm hiding a uh, secret murder or something, or am I? No, not, not because of that. But mainly because, like I said, it's just so intimate. It's so private. Like, things about you that you just, you wouldn't want any other person to know. Or maybe no one that you trust. So, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, Just the thought of it being a possible reality gives me, like gives me such a terrible vibe like the heebie-jeebies I would say um because that's just it feels like such a violation you know I mean surely there'd be like if, if that that sort of technology or whatever does come up and exist in the dystopian future surely there would be like a legal clause or something like surely that'll be like akin to assault you know um because you're forcing your presence into the mind of another person you know I don't know and that is just to say, if they just wanted to rob you, like, what if what if they were, like, a genuinely bad person who wanted you to suffer? And, like, what if they could act, like, you know how when you fall in a dream, whether from a high building, a roof, or just trip over your feet, and then you wake up with your heart panting, but you're, you're fine, you're alive, you're fine. But, like, what if in this future where you're able to control your dreams, where when you die in the dream, you die in real life as well? You know? Like, what? Like, that is... You know, I'm kind of speechless with that amount of power. Because no one will actually know... No one will know that you killed them. Except, yeah. Like, would there be any traces of that? You would just die. Like, probably a fright, like of a heart attack or something. But there would be no trace of murder. It would just look like, you know, natural causes. Or, uh, if you hit it at the right time, suicide? (laughs) I don't know. Um... Like, for example, there was this one episode of Charmed, um, and for those of you who don't know, I think it's a 1997 or 1990-something uh, TV show, and it's about uh, three uh, sisters who are witches, um, and they are, like, the chosen ones, I guess, and they, you know go around vanishing demons and trying to protect the innocents and stuff like that there was this one episode who was um where one of the villains that they had to face there was a dream sorcerer and he basically uh he basically assaulted women in their sleep and that is another terrifying thing If before was assault then this is definitely definitely assault but like how can you even prove that sort of thing you know um unless you want to get checked into like the mental ward You know, Um, but yeah, now what he would do is he would go into the dreams of um, women that he fancies or like, yeah, women he fancies and they generally reject him. Um, And uh, he does whatever the hell he wants with them in the dream. And what he does is he pushes them off the roof. And what happens is when they die in the dream, they die in real life. And the cops were obviously like, oh, what is this? Like, I have no idea what's going on. These girls, these women are just dying left, right, and center. And obviously the main characters um, have to deal with it. And they know what's going on because magic, right? Magic be like that. Um, but, you know, like, imagine if, imagine if these things were real. Like, we, we we would never know, you know? And obviously, unless we were the main characters, you know? And if I'm being honest... These, Like I said, these sort of films, TV shows and stuff, I, if you were genuinely speaking, realistically speaking, we would not want to be the main characters. Because like I said, the main characters always suffer the most. And neither do we want to be the best friends or the side characters to the main characters. Because something bad always happens to the side character. Very rarely are you liked enough um, by the audience and the author or creator for you to stick it out with the main character in the end but you always have to go through some sort of trial and tribulation that normal people wouldn't have to go through and if the if the audience likes you a little too much the creator will be like well you're dead you know for engagement factor because people love it when their favorite characters die right or what if you're just like a random side character in a horror movie who just dies immediately you know how horrifying that would be like just oh like that anything can happen so you just don't want to be You don't want to be anywhere near the main character. You don't want to be the main character. But you also don't want to be too far away from the main character. Because, Ross, you'll be one of those, um... You'll be one of those tragic deaths that no one will actually mourn because you're just one of many. Like, for example, an earthquake that killed 500 people, right? What if you're one of those 500 people? You died for what? Setting up the plot? That's just... That's so sad. If I'm gonna have death... If if I'm gonna die for the sake of a movie plot, I might as well have substance. (laughs) Oh my god, that ego. But at the same time, if I died for plot purposes, like, to set up the plot, then generally, if, the trend anyway, it's not necessarily true, but like, generally they suffer the least. They just die immediately, and it's fine. But if you're the friend, you suffer needlessly a lot before you die, because you're there to sort of inspire the main character, to, I don't know, do some sort of character development, like there's some sort of Pokemon involving, but... I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just it's just such a finicky issue. And as much as I would love for magic to be real. I would genuinely love that, you know, like the ability to teleport, to cast spells, to fly, to regenerate food, like that that would be absolutely mad. You know, that would be amazing. But at the same time, not only would magic be real the downsides of having magic would also be real like the the wars and the stuff in f- the stories will come true as well like for example in harry potter the the whole war between the dark side excuse me the whole war between the dark side and the light side you know and like and we thought like the bombs and the guns and the weapons already that we have now is astronomically terrible, you know, but add in magic, where you can just slip in and out another person's home, like, just like that, the amount of assassinations that would come, just like that, you know, um, the wars would be so much complicated, it would be so much more complicated, and it's already complicated and terrible enough as it is now, the last thing we need is to have, the last thing we need is to give Hitler a magic wand, you know, like, just, Where he has the ability to just wish for the people that he wanted to decimate to just... Or like, or like, give, give, um... Oh my god, that's such a terrifying thought. I'm so sorry. But like, imagine, you know how Thanos in Marvel, he snapped, right? He had the six and five, six? The Infinity Stones, right? And he could just get rid of half of the population of all living beings just like that, right? Give that to Hitler and what happens, you know? This, this sort of thing... Villains like Thanos would exist in real life. Like, psychopaths like that genuinely do not deserve that sort of power when they already have enough dumb power as it is. It's, ugh, oh, ugh, oh, that's just terrifying. Can you just imagine it? That? But that's super, that's super, super depressing, and, um, yeah, I hate it. Um, I think, though, one thing that I do genuinely wish, though, is, like, all negatives and downsides aside, I guess um, I really, really do want to have like some of these fictional aspects, but not live. Or like you know, and I know I know anyone else who is addicted enough to like a certain series or movie or like a franchise or a book, um, anything. Like if you're addicted enough, you you have you have a favorite character, right? We all have that one that one comfort character, that one character that we just wish so desperately exists with us in real life or us with them in that fake life, you know? Whether it's because we want to give them a hug or because we want to actually kill them ourselves or just be there with them, be there for them, um, like, you know? Like, I want to be like Alice in Alice in Wonderland and just fall down a hole Fall down a hole and just end up in this magical world, where you know I'm the main character, and obviously the suffering aside, as usual. Like I said, we like to skip the suffering. Suffering aside, you know I save the day, I get the man or the girl. Um, if you're, you know, if you're in some sort of uh action movie or whatever. Actually, I don't know. it Depends on genre, right? But like, where I get the love interest. And then I, you know, I hit it. I get I get a happy ending. And I'm rich. <laughs> it all comes down to money at the end. Nah. But actuals, for me for me, I, I just I just really want to be with that one comfort character, you know, be be like the one to hug them or whatever. And honestly sometimes I hate and as much as I'm in awe of um these imaginations and the things that we come up with, I genuinely, genuinely hate That we've come up with so much sometimes. Because if we didn't come up with such amazing storylines and plot devices and fictional whatever, I wouldn't be such an introvert. Uh, I wouldn't be such a lonely uh, hermit crab in my own home. Um, And I would actually be content with my reality. And I I think that would be one of the tests, though, wouldn't it? Um, to know that there's a fictional world out there that I guess, I guess in a way is quote-unquote better, but to have to settle with the reality that you're put in and not only settle, but actually be satisfied with it and to make peace with it. Because everyone gets handed down different cards, right? Some people better than others. But we all come here looking the same like a crinkly raisin um out of our mom's slip and slide and just knowing nothing about the world um so we all start off equal you know and then from then on it's our own it's our own journey um what we decide to do with it we can either continue to wallow in our misery and talk about how reality just sucks and how there's no there's no princes and there's no magic and Um, no one to sweep me off my feet. And, you know, I have to get a job and I have to actually complete education. And then just, like, wallow 24-7. And just keep your mind solely focused on the fictional reality. And not truly living, you know? It's a life unlived, I guess you could say. Um, or you can still enjoy and dabble in the fictional arts, um, but still find satisfaction and joy in your day to day life, you know in the small things you know, because all these stories at the end of the day they all they all teach a lesson, you know it may be a bit obscure or maybe a bit more obvious, uh like in children's tales, but they all teach us a lesson and why not actually learn from those lessons and actually take it and apply it to real life, you know, appreciate the small things, you know, like, like how, um, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, how, how, um, what's his name, Johnny Depp's character, oh yeah, Willy Wonka, like how Willy Wonka offered the whole Chocolate Factory, which is basically Charlie's dream thing, like, um, Willie offered him the entire chocolate factory at the sacrifice of his family. But Willie was like, no, not Willie. Charlie was like, nah, I mean, like, this has been my dream and all. But, like, I'm not going to sacrifice my family. I may be poor, but I'm rich in love sort of thing. And it's, like, obviously it's super cliche, but it's, like, it's so sweet. It's, like, that is the sort of loyalty that you want, you know. That's just that sort of filial attitude, that sort of humbleness, you know. And that's what made him such a good successor for willy wonka's um company right between the other kids everyone had their own little their little ugh about them you know i don't know what the word is they're a flaw yeah for example that fat kid he um ate too much you know he was greedy i think that was it um and the gamer kid he was too cynical uh and judgmental uh the the competition kid, she was too prideful. She was unwilling to lose. And she wanted to be the first in anything, even at the risk of herself. And then there was that spoiled girl who, like, who you know, is too spoiled. She can't take no for an answer. Whereas, and then, and it just makes Charlie the perfect candidate because he's humble. He thinks about family first. And he he genuinely cares about the taste of the chocolate, not about making a profit, not about making it the number one company in the world, but genuinely about wondering like oh what could we make up what what can we come up with to make these chocolates better? and that's what makes him the best successor for Willy walker and um you know like those qualities that they teach you in that movie because that is it is a kid's tale right um and bringing it back uh we why don't we just take that sort of lesson and bring it to real life be that better version that you see on the screen. Don't just dream about it, actually act upon it and be that humble person. Really think about your family. Um, and who cares if we're not living in some sort of magical land where we, everything is made out of chocolate or whatever? Because if we really think about it, not not everything is, we like, oh, how, how do you even word it? Like, um, some of the things that we have, other people don't have, and even if our, even if what we have just looks kind of bereft, looks a little much lesser in compared to others. Especially when you see it on social media and stuff. Just know that there's always other people in much worse conditions than you, and depending on who you are, depending on what type of person you are, like your outlook on life, whether you're a half, a half glass, you know, glass half full kind of person or a glass half empty kind of person, you may take that advice as an insult or as something inspiring. For me, it depends on the day, honestly, for me, knowing that there's some people, like, in worse conditions out there, it makes me, uh, be more aware, I think. It makes me feel better about, um, about my, I guess, sometimes less than stellar conditions, um, or what I view as less than stellar conditions. But other times, when I'm really feeling down in the dumps, that is the last thing I want to hear. Like, wow, my suffering is really bad, but you're saying that someone else is worse. What, is that supposed to invalidate how I feel? But that's not it either, you know? Like, it, when it comes to advice, it's such a hard line to toe. Because depending on the other person, you don't know how they're going to take it no matter how well-meaning it is it can sound off as condescending and you know as brushing it off or it can come off as something really comforting and something that the other person wanted to hear so i think you just got to be careful with these things but also at the same time you got to be wary of the fact that you can't actually pre- please any- everyone um And some people just need different approaches, just like how some people need to learn in different types of environments. Some people thrive learning um, in solitude, like, um, or some people thrive in learning in group environments, or maybe some people are the type of people who like to write notes, or maybe some people just like to listen, or maybe some people like to have visual examples. You know, everyone is different, you know, so... When it comes to these things, advice, why do you think everyone will just accept it as is? That's why everyone has their own opinions on their own, like, films, like, what they like. For the longest time, I hated the superhero genre, um, um, for many things. Uh, mainly because I thought it was too kiddish. It was, it was for boys, you know, you know, that sort of stereotype. But I sort of got, got over that as I grew older. And I realized that, you know, it's actually for everyone. And it's fine. And if you still don't like it and you're sort of, like, still leaning into girly things, that's fine as well. And if you're still leaning into boyish things, that's fine as well. And if you like the opposite or if you like both, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, Everyone has different opinions on things. So just pay attention on that before you give, I guess, your advice on things or whatever. But, yes, so... I have obviously gone off track, as per usual, when it comes to this podcast, if you guys are frequent listeners, but um, yes, the human imagination, both an awe-inspiring thing, and I'm genuinely so grateful for it, and it has shaped my life so much, but at the same time, it can be like an addiction, you know, Uh, indulging in this, in this fake reality that we, our minds come up with, so it's just, be careful, is what I want to say. You know, um, it's okay to dabble in these things. Uh, Like, think of it as a drug, because it genuinely is. Uh, And no matter what what form it takes, whether that's in the form of uh, social media, uh, film, book, whatever, no matter what form it takes, it is a drug. It is very addicting, because everyone wants to run away from their reality. Maybe not all the time, maybe all the time, who knows. But at least in one point of our life, we don't want to see our reality. You know, we want to submerge ourselves in something fake, in something else, so we can ease the pain of our own lives or ignore it. And while that is fine for a little bit, you can't, you can't use that as a crutch. You can't always use it. And obviously, as usual, I'm preaching out advice that I don't actually take myself. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm working on it, honestly. Um, But uh, yeah, it's just, it's so easy to recede back into the shell and um, go back where, Things are fake and things are fine because these troubles and these struggles aren't happening to you but to someone else. And this pain, you can pretend that this pain that you're feeling is for this other person and not yourself, if that makes you feel better. But just don't forget that you always have your reality to come back to. You can't forget it, no matter how much you want to. You always have to come back. It's just... Whether you choose to come back sooner or later. Uh, I haven't seen Coraline myself. But I think I think in this aspect, Coraline fits perfectly. Um, where she ends up accidentally in this other world where her family is perfect, but also a bit odd. And there was a lot of conspiracy theories about her ending up in the real world. But she actually didn't. Um, she didn't end up back in her own world and she actually stayed there. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess take that as a lesson. And I hope you guys kind of take my word seriously. Even if you don't, it's fine. Um, Like I said, I don't even take my own advice. So (laughs) um, I have to work on that. So, um, yeah, I guess I should actually work on that right now. So, I'm Addies. (laughs) I hope you guys have a good holiday. Um, and, uh, yeah, for the school students anyway. I know exams are over and done with, so we can kind of ignore reality for a little bit, at least for the holidays. So, enjoy that luxury. Um, and I'm off to spend time doing my own holiday stuff. Um, And I'll see you guys when the next episode comes out. All right, I'll see you then. Thank you all for joining me today on Thoughts and Theories. I hope you've learned something new or taken away something to think about. I hope to see you all next time. Till then, this has been Thoughts and Theories with Asha Ama Asri.